0: Is real in your name. Jesus.
1: And we have fears and we have concerns and we have anxieties that if we don't allow somebody the opportunity to show us what God is doing, we're probably gonna miss it. And a spiritual director or spiritual direction is us giving the opportunity to another person to say, help me unpack what God
0: is doing in my world because I'm not sure that I understand what he's up to. Imagine only using a warped and cracked mirror. You'd never know what you really look like. Well, today, Pastor Daniel shares that in order to live life well, you have to see yourself as you really are, with humility. But as you'll learn, you can't do this on your own. You need people to help you. What Pastor Daniel calls direction. It's essential that you allow others to point out what's true about you and about who Jesus is and what he wants to do in your life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 2 Timothy chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Need for Humility and Direction. Jesus said,
1: Each one of us, when we encounter Jesus and his teachings, we realize very quickly that Jesus's way of living, his way of being is different than the things that we hear each and every day. The way of Jesus is what the Apostle Paul calls a more excellent way. And we've been doing this series that we're calling the art of living, that hashtag art of living, because we want to unpack and understand what is jesus's way of life what is the way of life that jesus invites us to now what's interesting is that i've been telling you because we package this series based on jesus's greatest commandment right when they ask jesus what's the most important commandment he says you got to love god with all your heart soul strength and mind and then you love your neighbor as you love yourself right? So I've been saying that we live upwards, we love God, we live inwards, we love ourselves, and then we love outward, we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So each one of us is living in three directions. Upward to God, inward the way we deal with ourselves, and outward the way we deal with other people. Now, we're in the second section of this, and really this is the last week I'm looking at what does it mean to love ourselves. And if you've noticed around the world that we live in today, there's a lot of talk in 21st century American culture about the need to love yourself, right? It's like you hear it all the time. You just need to learn how to love yourself. I need to learn how to love myself. Now, Jesus is talking about something different than the way our culture talks about loving themselves. And it's a very important distinction, but I need to make it up front so that nobody misses it. Our culture says, love yourself. And by saying love yourself, it's saying put yourself first. That is not what Jesus is talking about. Because when our culture says love yourself and put yourself first, what it's doing is it's creating a world full of everyone thinking that they're God and that everything should revolve around them, right? If you love yourself and put yourself in the place that only God deserves, you do not get something healthy. Actually, you get something that is radically destructive, where marriages rip apart. Why? Because when you have two people who think that they're God expecting the other to worship them, then there's a negotiation about who gets the worship, and guess what happens? Nobody feels happy. You have families ripping apart. You have relationships ripping apart because people have thought it's all about me. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says, love God with all your heart. God gets the first place. By living upwardly and loving God, then we truly see ourselves. See, if you seek to love yourself without loving God first, all you're going to get is heartache. Not only for you, because no one's going to worship you, just so you know. It's a fool's errand. You ain't worthy of worship. I hate to tell you, don't mean to be mean on a Sunday morning, but you don't got the goods that are worthy of worship. And neither do I. The Lord does, though, and He deserves it. And when you worship Him, then you see yourself properly. And once you worship God and you give Him the place of primacy, then your self. Your identity that you build in seeing yourself the way you should is proper, and then you're a blessing into the world. See, it's God, then it's ourselves, and then it pushes out into the world. And one of the biggest issues we have in our day and age is because people think they're a God, and they neglect the true and living God, the way that they love people in the world, it's not others, you're just loving yourself, and you're going to love people who will give you what you want, which isn't loving at all. So we're here in this second section. now you'll notice that each week that we've been looking at how do we love ourselves, it's kind of unique because each week I've been sharing with you that really the key to loving yourself is not loving you to do whatever you want. Your self-styled life. Every single week has been about denying yourself so that the life of God will be made manifest in your life. Remember I said that when we love ourselves, We're really looking at Jesus and the finished work of the cross. So we saw in the first week that we all have a need to be honest. And the way that we're honest with ourselves is what we called reflection, which was looking at ourselves in the face of Jesus through his finished work. Right Then the next week we talked about how we need self-control. Self-control is essential to being a healthy person. But we learn how to have self-control through the act of fasting. Where fasting is, we deny the things that we need in order to focus on what we need even more, which is the Lord. Again, it's an act of self-denial. Last week, we looked at the fact that everybody needs to be intentional about their lives, to live with purpose. But we satisfy our need for intentionality with simplicity. Remember, I made the point, we need to have one thing on our task list, one reminder every day, and that is to prioritize God's kingdom. And if we prioritize God's kingdom, then everything else in our life begins to line up because we place the main thing as the main thing. So each week, loving yourself according to Jesus is not doing whatever you want because you want to. Loving yourself is saying, God, I'm going to give up my self-styled life that the resurrected life of Jesus may be born and pushed through my life. And each one of us, we all land here We land here. Is are you going to make the priority of your life whatever it is that you want at the moment with all of its fleeting emotions and wants and needs or are you going to say, I'm going to truly love God and then when I truly love God, I'm going to love myself and my life is not going to be all that I thought it would be. It's not going to be in line with my two-year plan and my five-year plan and my ten-year plan but my life is actually going to be God's life through my life, and it's going to be unique and different than I ever imagined. And that's the, that's the fork in the road for all of us. And Jesus' art of living says, give up your self-styled life that I may give you a life that you could only imagine. That you would never have chosen for yourself, but when you experience it, you'll know this is a God thing. A life of continual like holy cannoli cow lord and i think for many of us we deep down we want it but we're actually scared to walk by faith because we really like our own lives we like our self-styled ideas so to close this out one of the things that every single human being needs we all need humility humility is not a cultural value but in every religion, and almost every philo- philosophy, and every mode of childhood development and human development, humility is an important thing. C.S. Lewis, the great English writer, most of people know him because of the Chronicles of Narnia, but he wrote a lot of other books, he said it this way, that humility is not thinking less of yourself, humility is thinking about yourself less, I think it's a beautiful quote because humility is not having some sort of a self-deprecating or negative view of yourself. Humility is saying, I am who I am, but my whole life does not center on me. It's not only about me. And our culture does not value this. Our culture, I mean, you read all the writings of researchers and sociologists. This generation is the most self-centered narcissistic, and entitled generation ever to live by everybody's standards. Now, and that's just not the younger generation. It's all the generations who are alive right now. We live in a it's-all-about-me kind of a world, right? And humility is the exact antithesis of it. You want a great definition of humility? Humility is... The ability to have a clear perspective about yourself in the context that is truly the context in which you live. Humility is having a clear perspective about who you are within the proper context in which you live. It's about seeing ourselves with clear eyes to see how we truly are and function. See, we all know what it's like when somebody is not being humble, right? Everybody's ever seen somebody who's being proud or self-centered? Everybody know what that's like? Yeah, right? You know how we know it? Because we see ourselves doing it. See, how often do we see we're at the job, right? And we're watching the boss do something, and we're like, well, the boss doesn't know what they're doing, right? Now, is that a humble statement? Probably not. You know why? You don't know what your boss knows. You don't know all the variables that your boss knows, right? Maybe the boss isn't making a good decision, but you don't know all the things that are in front of them. But we have the idea to be like, well, if I was the boss, I'd do it this way. But you don't have the boss's information. In families, those of you who are kids, all the time your parents make decisions and you think, I can't believe they would do that. Every kid know what I'm talking about? Everyone's like, amen, Fusco, I'm hearing you. But you don't understand all the things that your parents understand. I get this with my kids all the time, I love my kids. Sure enough, Saturday morning, Alpha comes down, hey dad, yeah, what's up? Can we get an ice cream sandwich? I'm like, well not at 8.30. Why not? Well it's 8.30, well you need some protein before you get some ice cream. And they're like, but isn't milk kind of protein? Now I love my kids and you know I'm an ice cream for breakfast kind of guy anyway. But I, I love my kids enough knowing I'm not going to give them ice cream for breakfast. But they did get it about a quarter to ten, so I'm still kind of a cool dad, you know. But it didn't start there. But oftentimes, I always tell my kids, I'm like, listen, when you get older, I don't want to, like, pull this stuff, but when you get older, you're going to understand things a little differently than you see them right now. And oftentimes, we live in a world where everybody has an unclear perspective on themselves and put them in a different context and not a proper context. And so humility is truly seeing yourself in the context in which you live. Now, you know, if you've read the Bible at all, that Jesus is humble, he's meek and lowly of heart, and that God loves humility. If you humble yourselves, under the mighty hand of God, he will lift you up, that God loves to dwell with the broken and the contrite. Why does God love that? Because when we see ourselves clearly, in the proper context, then God can work with us. But as long as we are deluded from who we really are, God can't work. And the Bible teaches us a very unique and specific way for us to learn humility. You and I need to learn how to satisfy our need for humility with direction. With direction. You're like, direction, huh? Let me explain this to you. The idea of spiritual direction, we would use the word maybe a mentor. Or we would use the word today, somebody who is discipling somebody else. The classical word within the history of Christianity is the idea of a spiritual director or spiritual direction. And I'm here to tell you, no matter how old or young you are, if you've been walking with Jesus for decades or if you're going to say yes to Jesus today for the very first time, you need somebody who is making an investment in your life spiritually. A spiritual director or spiritual direction is the opportunity that you choose to give somebody else to help you unpack your life Knowing that every detail and circumstance of your life is pregnant with God's presence and his plans and his purposes. See... Because every moment, every detail of the world in which you live, everything that's going on right now is so full of the purposes and plans of God, but God knows that our lives are challenging, and we have fears, and we have concerns, and we have anxieties, that if we don't allow somebody the opportunity to show us what God is doing, we're probably going to miss it. And a spiritual director or spiritual direction is us giving the opportunity to another person to say, help me unpack what God is doing in my world because I'm not sure that I understand what he's up to. That's a powerful reality, isn't it? Eugene Peterson said it this way, spiritual direction takes place when two people agree to give their full attention to what God is doing and seeks to respond in faith. Now, somebody might be saying, okay, spiritual direction, but don't we get that at church on Sunday? Isn't that why we're here? We're going to worship and we're going to study. Listen, preaching might help, but the act of preaching that the Bible tells us to do, right, and that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it's actually imperfect in the work of discipleship because I realize as a preacher, I preach a message But you actually don't hear the message that I preach. You actually hear the message that you preach to yourself while I'm preaching. Yeah, I know it's what goes on. See, I preach a message, but as I preach God's word, you actually, each one of you in your own heart and mind, preach a message based on what I'm preaching. Like right now, some of you are like, I hope I turn the oven off. Did I shut the curling iron off? I wonder what the football score is. Is Fusco really wearing purple? You know? Like, all this stuff goes on in your mind. And I know it's the case because I've listened to enough messages and i listen to enough messages. I don't only hear what the preacher says. I hear what the preacher says and then I preach my own message to myself. I hope my spouse is hearing this. I hope so-and-so is hearing this. I wonder if I'm even here. Do I even like Crossroads? You know, you have all these things that go on in your heart and mind when the message is going on. So preaching is meant to wash us with the water of the word, but spiritual direction isn't when you get preached. It's how you integrate God's word into your life. That's why here at Crossroads... All of our ministries, I love what God's doing because our men's ministry, growing like crazy. Women's ministry, growing like crazy. All these ministries are growing and they all have a groups component to it because we realize we have enough content. Are we actually dealing with the content and letting it shine on our lives? This January, our groups ministry, for everyone who's not being caught in all the other ministries, we have our groups ministry. so important. Because it needs to be not one directional, but it needs to be people who care enough about you to shine the light on your life. See, for most of us, everything that goes on in our life spiritually is actually rooted in friendships. And I'm here to tell you, your friends are not your spiritual directors. They're not. You know why? Because most often your friend is just like you. Your friends like what you like, doesn't like what you don't like. How many times, we can all have it in our hearts, you get upset about something, right? You get upset, and you're rightfully mad, and you're talking to your friends like, I am so P.O'd about that thing. That means pissed off, just so everybody knows, right? I did say it in church, right? You say, I am so pissed about that. And they're like, yeah, well, you have the right to be pissed. That's what your friends do, right? They affirm your garbage. You know why? Because what P.O's you is going to P.O them. But guess what? Is that the healthiest piece of advice? Heck no. Not in a million years when someone says, I am so pissed off. Someone should say, why are you pissed off? Jesus died for you. Like, is God glorified in your anger? No. The righteousness of man never produce, or the wrath of man never produces the righteousness of God. But your friends affirm you in your junk, where a spiritual director will love you enough to say, you know what, you may feel that way, but you need to change the way you feel because Jesus doesn't feel that way, and he's not glorified in what you're thinking. Don't think for a second, your spouse is a good spiritual director either. You know why? Now some of you who are newly married, you're going to learn, you're going to learn. When you first get married, your spouse is all up in your stuff, like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to be so spiritual. And then after a while, they're going to say, I ain't dying on that hill anymore. Your spouse isn't the Holy Spirit in your life, and your spouse learns over time that there's just certain battles they don't want to fight anymore. So you're like, look, if I'm going to die on a hill, I'm not dying on that hill. And so your spouse oftentimes realizes that there's certain things they just don't want to go anywhere near. They wouldn't touch it if you paid them to. And that's not a spiritual director. A spiritual director is somebody who is willing, who you give the opportunity and the authority to speak into your life, to show you your blind spots. Because you know what the problem with a blind spot is, right? You don't know that you have them. That's why they're called a blind spot. And the problem, your friends, if they're your friends, they probably have the same blind spot. Right? So they have the blind spot, you have the blind spot, nobody sees it. But then you give somebody else who isn't just like you, wouldn't be the person that's your best friend, your BFF, you know? And now they have a different view of it, and their only concern is making you more like Jesus and reflecting back to you God's heart. Don't we see this all over the Bible? Think about it. Moses spiritually directed the children of Israel. Think about Joshua, right? Moses poured into the life of Joshua so that Joshua could be the next leader. You have a prophet like Elijah. Elijah poured into Elijah so that Elijah could take the mantle of ministry, right? Jesus, he poured into the 12 disciples. I mean, who would have thought that those Twelve knuckleheads could get anything right. But the investment of Jesus in their life, they turned the entire Roman Empire right side up in their own generation because of the investment of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul obviously is a phenomenal example of somebody who is pouring down into people's lives to help them grow and become all that God would have them be. So we see this idea of spiritual direction all the way through the Bible. Life upon life. People giving people the opportunity to be a change agent in their own lives. And I'm going to encourage each one of you. You need to have people in your life who don't just affirm who you are, but love you enough to want Jesus' best for your life. And... No matter where you are, you need to find other people who you can pour down and invest into. So I'm going to show us spiritual direction from 2 Timothy chapter 1. So open up in your Bibles there, Second Timothy chapter 1. We're going to be taking verses 3 to verse 14, and I'm literally going to take this text from both how can I be a good spiritual director, so to speak, and how do I navigate somebody who is being that in my life. So I want to give you some parameters for it. So open up your Bibles. I'm going to take verses 3 to 14, and I'm going to really show you Paul writing to Timothy, who is somebody who Paul was a spiritual director in Timothy's life. And 2 Timothy was most likely the Apostle Paul's very last letter that he wrote. So you get a sense of the ministry that Paul was doing and his care for Timothy and how he gets at this. And I think there's a lot for us in these verses, quite beautifully, actually. So look at what it says. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. It says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers, night and day.
0: Jesus is Real. Thanks for joining us today as we studied God's Word with Pastor Daniel on Jesus is Real Radio. Right now, I want to tell you about a new book Pastor Daniel has written that will be released on February 16th. This new book is called Crazy Happy Nine Surprising Ways to Live the Truly Beautiful Life, and it's going to be a blessing for you. Let's hand it back over to Pastor Daniel right now so he can tell you all about it. Thanks, Josh. If you're anything
1: like I am, you're always trying to figure out how to find deep joy, how to feel satisfaction no matter what is going on in the world around me. Do you feel like that sometimes? I know you do. And that's why I want to share my new book, Crazy Happy With You. It's packed full of helpful discussions and stories about how to find long-lasting happiness in this life. So don't wait to be happy. Josh will tell you more about how to grab a copy today.
0: Thanks, Pastor Daniel. Are you excited about finding that lasting satisfaction for your life? Guess what? You can pre-order Crazy Happy right now. And you'll have a copy in your hand February 16th. Maybe buy one for a friend too. I'm sure you know someone who would be blessed by this. We're all looking for a way to move from the crispiness of 2020 to the deep, and lasting joy of the life God has for us. Check out danielfusco.com for a list of all the retailers offering pre-order for this awesome book and special offers available only for people who pre-order now. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called The Art of Living. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.